My name is Pastor William, and it's a blessing this morning to be preaching the Word of God. Are you an everyday person? You know, our culture, our society has a way of classifying some people as normal people, average people, ordinary, common people, and everyday people. In fact, there's a, there was a song some time ago called Everyday People. If you are an everyday person, take heart. Because God uses everyday people to accomplish big things for him, things that are crucial to his kingdom building, his salvation plan. God's grace is for all people, and that no person is too insignificant to be used for his glory. Ruth, an everyday person, a young widow, made one significant commitment that was hugely crucial to accomplishing God's salvation plan. The book of Ruth is named after her. Today we are continuing the sermon series in that book, and we come to chapter two, and we will be looking at the first 13 verses of the second chapter of Ruth. So if you have your Bibles, will you please turn with me to Ruth 2, 1 to 13. And this is the powerful word of God. Now Ruth had a kinsman of a husband, a man of great wealth, of the family of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabitess said to Naomi, please let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain after one in whose sight I may find favor. And she said to her, go, my daughter. So she departed and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers, and she happened to come to the portion of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the family of Elimelech. Now, behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said to his reapers, May the Lord be with you. And they said to him, May the Lord bless you. Then Boaz said to his servant, who was in charge of the reapers, whose young woman is this? The servant in charge of the, of the reapers replied, she is a young Moabite woman who returned with Naomi from the land of Moab. And she said, please let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheep. Thus she came and has remained from morning until now. She has 
been sitting in the house for a little while. Then Boaz said to Ruth, listen carefully, my daughter. Do not go to glean in another field. Furthermore, do not go on from this one, but stay here with my maid. Let your eyes be on the field which they reap and go after them. Indeed, I have commanded the servants not to touch you. When you are thirsty, go to the water jars and drink from what the servants draw. Then she fell on her face, bowed to the ground and said to him, why have I found favor in your sight that you should take notice of me since I'm a foreigner? Boaz replied to her, all that you have done for your mother-in-law after the death of your husband has been fully reported to me and how you left your father and mother in the land of your birth and came to the people you did not previously know. May the Lord reward your work and your wages be full from the law. The God of Israel, on whose wings you have come to seek refuge. Then she said, I have found favor in your sight, my Lord, for you have comforted me, and indeed have spoken kindly to your maid servant, though I'm not like one of your maid servants. Let us pray. Lord, you are sovereign. Thank you, Father, that you watch and rule over your creation, that nothing is hidden from your sight. Lord, you know what we go through. We thank you that you are God of destiny. You have a plan for each of your children. Will you, O oh God, speak to our hearts this morning and show us some truths in this passage that will warm our hearts in greater devotion and commitment to you? We thank you, Father. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Ruth, or Moab, Moab, Moabat, Moabatist. So you see, here we don't, we don't have American, Americanness. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but I think in Africa they do, I don't know. But, but that's the, how they, they feminize the, the citizen who are uh, feminines, the Moabatists. Ruth the Moabites has accompanied Naomi, her mother-in-law, to Bethlehem of Judah from the land of Moab. The Moabites were the descendants of Lot, you know, Abraham's nephew, who was in Sodom and Gomorrah during that time. So they were the descendants of Lot. You can read Genesis 19 for that. The Moabites 
were excluded from Israel. It's a horrible story. And they were considered foreigners. So this was where Ruth was from. In chapter one of Ruth, we recall that following the deaths of Naomi's husband and her two sons, one of whom was Naomi's uh, husband, uh, her two daughters, Opad and Ruth, decided to follow her. But she told them no, as there was no future for them in following her, and that they should return to their people. You recall that Opa returned to her people, but Ruth insisted on following Naomi and made this commitment to Naomi. Chapter 1, verses 16 to 17. But Ruth said, do not urge me to leave you or turn back from following you. For where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. Thus may the Lord do to me, and watch if anything but death Parts us, parts you and me. What a commitment. She put those words into action. You see, a commitment is, is, is more than words. A commitment finds tangible ways to manifest or demonstrate itself to its object. In the spirit of a commitment, a pledge to Naomi, we see three Three things, three constructive things about Ruth as she sought to demonstrate her commitment to Naomi. Three things. The first was her prompt action to care for Naomi. She took action to care for Naomi. With heavy hearts, nothing they brought back from Moa. With heavy hearts, she and her mother-in-law arrived in Bethlehem. Three precious lives were lost, and Naomi was angry with God. You recall? And the woman came to her and said, Naomi has come. She said, don't call me Naomi, call me Beta, Mara, angry with God. But Ruth took the initiatives to fend for them. They could have sat there, nursing their misery, nursing their loss, but Ruth woke up took the initiative to fend for them. And Ruth the Moabites said to Naomi, let me go to the field and glean among the ears of the green, after one in whose sight I may find favor. And Naomi said, go, my daughter, go. You see, in Leviticus uh, 19, farmers in Israel 
were commanded not to harvest all the crops, but to leave some behind. As they, as they harvest, they should leave some behind so that the poor people will come and glean and harvest. There was a, there was a, a law. You have to leave some behind for the poor. This, as it were, was just a safety night for the poor or social assistance program, if you, if you may. So it didn't just start here. In Israel, there was a way to feed the poor people. So Ruth went to the field because she was committed to her mother-in-law. And friends, let me just stop here and ask us, what is the level of our commitment? to the people we have committed ourselves to. What's the level of our commitment to our parents, to our friends? There's a television series called uh, A Little House on the Prairie, starting the England family. Uh, prominent in that series is Laura, Laura England. But a lady in the town, an old lady, was all alone. She had three children, but all had left her, and she had not heard from them for years. Every day, she would pray, Lord, how my children doing? Why are they not writing to me? I can't hear from them. Especially one of them who went to the military. He never sent a line home to his mom. And so she came to the England and said, look, I have to do something. My heart is hurting. I want to see my children. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to call a doctor. And I'm going to talk, tell the doctor to pro pronounce me dead. Let the doctor pronounce me dead. I said, what? Why would you want to do that? <coughs> I have to do something to see my children. And so they called the doctor. The doctor said, ah, I haven't done this before. She said, doctor, please. So the doctor agreed. And announced that she was dead. The news went all over. And the children in distant parts of the world heard the news. And he decided to come to the funeral. So Mrs. England took the old lady, after all the people are gathered in the, in the room for, for the, the uh, I think it was a repast, and she poured in the room where she could see all the people. And then she saw her daughter show up first. And she saw the oldest son came coming in. And she had her heart. And the guy in the military, he stepped out in the military uniform. And she said, What? Lord, I, I had to do this. And they were there talking about their mom. Oh, she, you know, she bought me a bike. She, she did this. And she did this. And then, when the military guy talked to remember her, 
she stepped out of the she stepped she stepped out of the out of the room and said, You you but I tell the story to say we have to be committed. We have to take care, especially to the old folks. We have to be committed. Why initiative are we taking to support our people? But especially, why initiative are we taking to support the church, Christ's church and his ministry? When we made our membership pledge, we committed ourselves to doing certain things. That's a big commitment. Are we just Sunday morning, bench warm up, go home and don't think, don't take any initiative, don't ask questions about the church? Are we truly committed? Ruth did not only take initiative to help Naomi by going to the field to glean, but she also worked hard. She worked hard to ensure that a, a basic need was met. She had been gleaning in other fields. But by divine providence, she came to the main field that God had planned for her. When you read that passage, it was say, by chance. It was not by chance. It was not by chance. She came to the field, the field of her destiny. God led her to the field belonging to Boaz, the kinsman of Naomi, her mother-in-law. It was not by chance. You know, something happened, something is happening in our lives, and we look back and we say, it had to be God. It had to be God. This is divine providence. So I was minding my own business after fleeing the war in Liberia, where a lot of people died. Shedding. When you look at the picture in Ukraine, that's just what was happening. People running head to scatter. So we fled the wall and went to the Africans. When we got there, leaving everything behind, a church called me and said, oh, there are a lot of refugees coming in, and we have English speakers from Nigeria and other places who don't understand the French well. So will you please start an English congregation? We know you're a pastor from Liberia. I saw prayer about it. Glory and I pray about it. And we saw the need. We answered the call. Now in Africa for five years, pastoring that church, American, British people, or English people, you can Think about church growing, growing. Then one day, someone stepped to my house, said, there's a young man here from America, and he's trying to go through the process of traveling to Liberia, but 
he doesn't understand French. So will you please come and help him? I said, okay, I'll send him over. He came to our, our home, and he explained what was happening. I took him to some offices. He got a passport stomach, and he um, went on to Liberia. But before he left, he said, I see you, a pastor here. Would you like to go and study? I'm going to a seminary, and maybe I could talk to the people. So what, what are your plans? And I said, yes, yes, I would like to go and study. He came to America to Westminster Seminary. Now, there's a young man, well, not a young man. <laughs> uh, who would like to, he got a ministry in Africa, but he would like to come and study. But first, he told a lady, and that lady took that thing to heart. She went to every office, contacted. But to make a long story short, it was not by chance. God, divine plan was awarded. Westminster sent for me. Now I mean what directed to the field that God had planned for her. God led her to that field belonging to Boaz. Boaz came from Bethlehem, as the story goes, to his farm. And he had an exchange of greetings, you read, with the, with the workers. And he said, may the Lord be with you. And they responded, may the Lord bless you. I, I took that to heart, you know, as I was studying this passage. How genuine are our greetings when we greet people? How genuine are our greetings when we greet people? Do we communicate, communicate genuine love, interest, and care? Even when we say, God bless you, do we really mean it? So the next time you greet someone, let us do so with some love and interest. Give a warm handshake. Give some eye contact. Make sure. But here, sometimes, hi. And they're gone. Give some, give some interest and love as you greet people. In fact, in, in some part of Liberia, there has to be a handshake. And sometimes it'll go beyond that day. You grab my hand here, I grab your hand here. And we greet, and we greet. In the Africans, it will be an insult where you should just pass by a question and say it like this. I see the African Americans do that here, the men. The men will do that there and do that. on the back. And you know a lady, as a, as a gentleman, you can't just pat by our lady. You gotta give a smash on, the, on two sides. That's how warm the greetings are in Africa. Boaz did that. God bless you. May the Lord be with you. Nice boy inquire about Ruth. 
What an excellent report they gave about Ruth, hard-working character. Thus she came and has been, has remained until now from morning, until now she has been working, hard-working. But what do we know on that people are watching us? On our very jobs, our work, work ethics. We have to show that we belong to Jesus. So whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. As followers of Jesus Christ, we must display the work ethics that will draw people to Christ. Boaz was so impressed with how Ruth was how Ruth was working so hard working to care for her mother-in-law. She took the initiative to care for her, and she worked hard to provide for her, but we also see a humble spirit of Ruth in the face of God's providential care for her. And that can be found in verses 8 to 13. In Boaz's field, Ruth was blessed with the opportunity to stay and go and not go anywhere else to glean. She was given protection, refreshment. When she was thirsty, she was supposed to go and drink. And so she was so overwhelmed with this gesture, with the kindness extended to her. Then she fell on her face, bowing to the ground, and she said to him, why have I found favor in your sight that you should take notice of me? I'm a foreigner. Why? Sometimes we need to count our blessings and fall flat on our faces and thank God for what we have. Sometimes we are so ungrateful in our complaining. We should be grateful for our knees in gratitude to God for all the blessings we have. You know that song, they say, name your blessing, count them one by one. Yes, yes. And it will surprise you what God has done. Yes, yes, yes. Instead of counting what we do not have, instead of dwelling on our hardships that we have been through or are going through, we should be thankful for what we have. Yeah, yeah the widow lost her husband, unlike her mother-in-law who was bitter. She was happy to be working to gather some food for them. Boaz then blesses her. The Lord repay you for your work and the full reward be given you by the Lord of Israel on whose wings you have come to seek refuge. He encourages her and wishes her God's blessing. He assures her that 
she is secure under the mighty protection of God, the God of Israel. In Psalm 36, 7, we read, How precious your loving kindness, O God! Therefore the children of men pull their trust under the shadow of your wings. One commentator put it this way, There is no need for fear and anxiety under the wings of the God of the universe. Ruth is comforted by Boaz's kind words of protection. Then she said to him, you have comforted me. Indeed, have spoken kindly to your marriage servant. You see, we've been through a whole lot over the past few years, two or three years with this COVID. People are picking on the pieces again. People are coming back to church. But we still need to encourage one another. We still need to encourage one another. In Isaiah 40, verse 1, the Lord said, Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Tell her our troubling days are over. I hope we will be a church of mutual encouragement. She has, Ruth has gone through a lot, lost her husband. She's in a foreign land adjusting to the new culture and doing her best to uphold her commitment to her mother-in-law, taking the initiative, working hard, and humbling herself before the God of Israel. And God, in his grace and providence, has a plan for, for Ruth. God has a plan for each of us, no matter what we're going through. In his divine grace and providence, he has a plan for Ruth, a plan for good. God will wipe away her tears and those of Naomi, because Ruth will become the great grandmother of King David. Friends, commitments matter. Devotion matters. God honors commitments. Commitments that are geared towards helping other people and honoring him. Just one commitment will change Ruth's life forever. That we will be a recipient of a savior that will come from the line of a great son, David, Jesus Christ. Yes, yes. In Psalm 34, verse 5, says, those who look to him for, for help will be radiant. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. By the time we get to chapter four, she'll be a different woman, smiling, and Ruth also smiling, I mean Naomi, because God's divine plan 
will have manifested. Jesus Christ will wipe away every tear. Whatever you are going through, do not give up. Remain devoted to Jesus. He will wipe away your tears. He has a plan for our lives, each of us. This morning, if you do not know him, I pray that you will surround your life to Jesus. Without him, life will be meaningless. He's the savior. He died on that cross to redeem you, to redeem you. You thought Boaz redeemed Ruth, but Jesus Christ redeemed us for eternity. And how, when I get to heaven, I will bow in humble adoration. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Let us pray. Father, I pray if there's one here this morning who do not know Jesus Christ, we surrender his heart, our heart to him. Oh God, you are the potter, we are the clay. Mold us and make us and shape us after your way, oh God. Thank you for the plan, for you know the plan you have for us, plan for good not for evil, to prosper us and to give us an acceptable end. We worship you, Lord. We thank you. We thank you that you truly redeem. In Jesus' name, amen.